Hello and welcome to our Seeking the Essence podcast. I'm your host, Vishaka Dasi. Hello, my friends. This is going to be my very first podcast offering. And before we start off, I just want to say that my goal in all of this is to share with people the beauty the necessity, the excitement, the adventure of spiritual life, especially what we find in the teachings of the Vedas of India and specifically in the teachings of Krishna Bhakti. I wanna, I'm really excited to share that with all of you. And we're gonna be starting off with a series on Bhagavad Gita. We're, we're beginning a new Zoom discussion group going through Bhagavad Gita. And I'm gonna start off by sharing our discussions here on the podcast platform. And if anyone's interested to join our live Zoom meetings, and you can drop me a line at vishakadasi at live.com. That's V-I-S-H-A-K-H-A-D-A-S-I at live, L-I-V-E dot com. Without further ado, here's our very first episode. This was recorded live on the 24th of March, 2022. Okay, here you are. So we are beginning a new journey, going through Srimad Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is so well known and it's been appreciated by so many great thinkers in the East and the West, philosophers and writers and scientists from all over the world. They have expressed profound appreciation for Bhagavad Gita. No doubt some of you, you can quote many things in that regard. So what I'm saying is that Bhagavad Gita is so inclusive. There really is something here for everyone. Even if you, even if you're not, even if you don't consider yourself to be a theistic person, even if you're not a God believer, so to speak, Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad Gita is like a practical life manual. Simply like, you know, if you're looking to live a peaceful life, if you're looking, looking for how, this is actually what yoga means, you know, yoga Yoga, yoga can be understood in different ways. The words, one meaning of the word yoga, which is probably discussed the most, is that it means union, connection. And so then different types of yoga, they indicate different paths, different means by which persons can connect, right? So you can connect through your karma. You can connect through your activity or jnana yoga you can connect through the cultivation of knowledge and then ashtanga yoga including the different asanas the postures that's also can be included in that line of yoga then bhakti yoga connecting with the divine through devotion through the heart right so this is the primary way in which um you know like in a kind of our common talk or common parlance we discuss the word yoga, right? It means union, connection. But, but actually what you see in Bhagavad Gita is that frequently yoga, meaning like a means by which we can maintain this, this inner peace, this inner equilibrium in the midst of all the flux, 
in the midst of the hustle and the bustle of daily life, the up and the duality, amidst the duality of daily life, the ups and downs and all the cycles that we go through, happiness, sadness, wealth, poverty, friends, enemies, right? These are all the dualities that we experience in our daily lives, right? Moment to moment. Sometimes it's like that. One moment, one moment we're up, one moment we're down, right? Because we're so dependent on our environment. We're so affected by our environment, right? So Bhagavad Gita, it, it gives you know, so much advice on how to remain aloof from that, from all that madness of the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, how to remain aloof from that, how to be able to withdraw from, from our dependency on our external environment and, and feel that inner peace, that inner equilibrium within ourselves. So this is yoga. This is one definition of yoga, which is discussed repeatedly throughout Bhagavad Gita. Victory, defeat, happiness, sadness, in the midst of all these dualities, how we can maintain this, this inner space within ourselves. So, so yeah, so I was just, you know, making this point that, you know, you don't need to be an overtly spiritual or religious person or even a God, you know, a a God conscious person, but there's something here for you. And, and then, and so like the first type of yoga, which is discussed in Bhagavad Gita's karma yoga, which is so accessible, which is so universal, you know, essentially karma yoga means selfless duty, living your life in a spirit of selfless duty. Whatever your, and that's something that anybody can try to practice, like whatever your belief system is, whether you're a Christian or a Muslim, or you even don't identify with any religious conception at all, whatever, whatever you identify with, anybody can try this at home, try living in this spirit of selfless duty at home and experience the results of that. You know, experience how their their inner world becomes enriched by that. So it's it, it's Bhagavad Gita. It's so valuable, so accessible, so universal. So I'd like to begin by going through the. We have an uh, an introduction here. So this is the edition we're going through, and uh, you know there are many editions of Bhagavad Gita. Our our Guru Dave mentioned that. This is like in the 19, in the 40s, that when he first joins his guru's temple in Bengal, that his guru, Shilashida Marj, whose edition this is, that, that there were 800 editions of Bhagavad Gita available. You know? And nowadays, I mean, there must be, there must be thousands, you know, there must be thousands of editions of, of Bhagavad Gita. So it's, it's, a bit of, it's a bit of a jungle, you know, and I've even heard that there I've, I've picked up, I, I have some, I've had some impression that there's even something of a fashion amongst some persons like to write your own commentary on Bhagavad Gita. You know, I've, I've heard a few persons mention that, oh yeah, I'm working on my, my own commentary of Bhagavad Gita, you know, so it's a real jungle out there. And, and then another interesting point here is that Sanskrit is, is very open to interpretation. You know, so 
it's, it's easy to interpret different phases in a multitude of different ways. And that, and that, has, been, that has been done, you know, and is, is being done. So we, the main two editions that we reference are This Is Ours, The Hidden Treasure of the Sweet Absolute. This was made by our Gurudev, Srila Govinda Maharaj, and his guru, Srila Sridhar Maharaj. And also Swami Maharaj Prabhupada's edition of, of ISKCON. And he, and he calls it Bhagavad Gita as it is. You know? or I, I like how they say it in Spanish. Tal como es. Is that, Lalita, is that right? Tal como es? Yeah, tal, tal como es. I, I, like it, I like it more in Spanish. Tal como, as it is, you know. And the idea being that, you know, not as you think it is, or I think it is, or that person thinks it is, but as it is. Okay, I have a request here to say something about myself. Okay, let's do a little sharing at the end. Uh, I'd like to mix things up a bit. I, I do like to include, you know, personal element. I want to hear from some of our members, friends in the group too. But let's, let's, um, let's dive in a little to the book first. So, so yeah, because there are so many interpretations that go in all kinds of directions, then Swami Maharaj Prabhupada, he published this edition as it is. So, so like, like, for example, and our Gurudev also mentioned this, Krishna mentions many times through Bhagavad Gita, like personal pronouns, like I, me, you know, and then there are persons who will interpret that as, you know, like, for example, there's the, one of the most famous verses of Bhagavad Gita, Sarvadhar Mam Pradityaja, Mam Ekam, Mam is me. So he's saying, surrender unto me. And then there are persons who will translate that as surrender unto the unborn Krishna living inside of you. Things like Krishna saying, I and me and mine. And, and there are many interpretations where they'll describe Krishna as an impersonal light, you know, or consciousness, you know, denying that personality, which is so clearly affirmed in, in Bhagavad Gita. So anyway, there are the, the two main editions that we refer to are, are this of our Gurudev and then Swami Maharaj Prabhupada of, of ISKCON. And, and then there are other editions also by other teachers or acharyas, as we say, within our lineage, like Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur, Baladevi Jibusham, but mostly the essence of what they've given, that's been included in the commentaries of our more immediate gurus. But those are also valuable if anyone wants to explore further. Yeah, so these are the two editions we'll, we'll, that we'll be, going, we'll be going through, primarily this one. And so I would like, I think our Chintamani Devi has posted in the chat a link for anyone who wants to download. And let's begin with the, the introduction. So we are on, so I'm going to read, I'm going to read the, the preface. This is written by our Gurudev, Shilabhakti Sundar, Govinda Dev Goswami Maharaj, published 1961. So preface, unique in its wide publication and extensive circulation, the Srimad Bhagavad Gita appears in various languages, both in India and other countries, along with the commentaries of former great saints as well as modern scholars. The commentaries of the prominent Vaishnava acharyas such as Sri Ramanuja, Srimad Madhva Muni, 
and Sri Sridhar Swamipad are most notable. Whilst amongst the proponents of Jnana Marga or the monistic path, the commentaries, so this is referring to the impersonal line of thought. The commentaries of Srimad Shankar Charja and Sri Madhusudan Saraswati are well known. The commentaries of Sri Yuta Bala Gangadhar Tilak and Sri Aurobindo favor the school of karma yoga or the path of action and are also familiar to modern scholars. Great thinkers of both East and West have ardently sung the glories of Sri Gita, being inspired by the ideals of its teachings. However, the Achincha Bed Albed Siddhanta, theology of inconceivable oneness and difference, as revealed by the proponents of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Gaudiya Acharya Silavishana Chakravarti and Shilabaladevi Jabusham is concluded by the learned devotees to be most favorable to exclusive devotion. The devotees also embrace Shilabhakti Thakur's Bengali commentary of Sri Gita as a harmonious spiritual mind of the treasure of divine love for Sri Krishna, Krishna Prema, the fifth and transcendental goal of life beyond the four general human objectives of religion, wealth, sense enjoyment, and liberation. In his introduction, my worshipful divine master, Sri Guru Pada Padma, Om Vishnu Pad, Padamahamsa, Padi Rajakacharya, Sri Srimad Bhakti Raksha, Sridhar Dev Goswami Maharaj, has revealed to the readers glimpses of his own deep devotional realizations. Although numerous editions of Sri Gita are presently available, few commentaries can be said to nurture pure devotion according to the teachings of bona fide divine succession, which has given us the opportunity of service in producing this edition. We shall consider ourselves blessed if the fortunate readers take the all auspicious essence of this sincere attempt to heart. So, so Shilu, our Gurudev, he's touching on this point here that, you know, we are interested in revelation. We are interested in that which is descending. You know, as I mentioned, there are innumerable editions of Bhagavad Gita available, but our Gurudev is mentioning here, like editions which can be considered reliable, coming from a reliable source. And coming as a descent, you know, descending from a higher plane of truth. There are a few like that, you know, a few like that to be found. You know, we, with our, you know, with our mental, intellectual faculties, empiric faculties, we can all make interpretation, right, of various things. And that has some value, but what we are really interested in, what can really uplift us, it must descend from a higher plane. And what is so powerful about going through these holy books is that even if we don't understand everything, this there's a vibration here. You know, our, our, our Gurudev, he used to say, like, we want to connect with divinity. We need to connect with divinity in the proper channel. The Lord likes to appear through particular channels. And, uh, and that means through the hearts of his beloved devotees. The Lord, 
Krishna, God, the divine, likes to manifest in this world through the hearts of those who love him. Let's put it like that. And that has a particular vibration that can purify us, that can uplift us beyond even our own comprehension. Even if, so it's, it's something that's tra that transcends our mental, intellectual, sensory faculties. So even if we're just connecting with the vibration of this holy text, you know, hearing this original vibration, that's going to touch our heart. That's going to touch our soul. You know, that's going to feed us. That's going to nourish the soul body within ourselves. So, so that's why, you know, on some level, you know, we are, we're going through this in an intellectual way. We're trying to engage our intellect to strengthen our faith. But, what we're, but what's happening on a deeper level is that we are submissively connecting with this divine vibration. We are inviting this divine vibration to wash over us and to purify us and to take us up to a higher sphere of reality. So it's an exciting journey. And our, and our Gurudev, our Gurudev, he translated Bhagavad Gita from Sanskrit to Bengali. He's been reading Bhagavad Gita, you know, was reading practically every day. He reads something for his whole life. But he would say, still, I'm getting new light from Bhagavad Gita. You know, still something fresh is coming every time I open the pages. So, you know, we're not here. In other words, we're not here to enter into an academic exercise. That's not what this is about. But we're connecting with this divine flow that's coming down. And we're open to the possibilities. Shila Shudamari says in one place, open your heart wide and see how will that, that wave come down and touch your heart and move you. Like, let's be ready for that. Let's be ready to be swept up in the waves of Srimad Bhagavad Gita. So it's, it's, it's a journey, and, and I, I'm excited to be here with, with all of you. We can participate in this journey together. Let me see. I, I, am, I am going to read through this short introduction, too. And then after that, it will be nice to have some engagement with our beautiful group here. So yeah, so just bear with us. So, so I'm now going to go through this introduction, which was composed by Bhakti Dakshak Sridhar, who is the author of this edition. And this begins with Srila Sridhar Maharaj's original verse in glorification of Gita. One day Sri Guru Gorango Radha Govinda Sundaro Sagunao Giyate Chata Gita Gudarta Gauravam Bowing down to the holy feet of Sri Guru, Sri Goranga, and Sri Sri Radha Govinda Sundar, all accompanied by their associates, I sing the glories of the hidden treasure of Srimad Bhagavad Gita, Gita Gudarta. So I'll, I'll just briefly mention here this, because this is in our title, Hidden Treasure. And so this is referring to the wealth of bhakti, the wealth of devotion. Because we see this as a hidden treasure of the Vedic presentation. The, the Vedas, they present many different conceptions. They're accommodating persons of many different mentalities and aspirations. And in that sense, it's a bit of a jungle. 
you know, and, and often different Vedic lines of thought are contradicting one another. So it's kind of like you're, you're getting through a jungle, cutting away the undergrowth, getting to that hidden treasure, that, that hidden temple where this golden, this golden treasure is. And that treasure is bhakti. That treasure is devotion. This is the real gift of the Veda. And the real gift of Bhagavad Gita, you know, one, one, in, one interesting point about Bhagavad Gita is that it, in, in, I think of it as kind of like a concise summary of, of all of the Vedic teachings on, on a higher level for, for those who are sincerely aspiring for a higher life. There are other sections of the Vedas which are catering to persons who aren't interested in enlightenment, but for those who are interested in enlightenment to some degree or another, like all of these lines of thought are concisely presented in Bhagavad Gita. And, and so, so then also within Bhagavad Gita, that there are these different lines of thought and different paths which are discussed and explored, but the treasure, and it's a little hidden, is that of bhakti. So that's being highlighted in this beautiful title from Shilashita Mars, the hidden treasure of the sweet absolute. The absolute is referring to God, the divine. But what is the nature of that absolute? It is sweet. This is the Krishna conception, the sweet, playful God. And then the, what is the hidden treasure here? That is bhakti, devotion. So how we can connect with that sweet absolute through a relationship of love. So Gita Gudarta, um, Guda, Guda means what is hidden. So the hidden treasure of Gita, that's what is being emphasized in this edition of Bhagavad Gita. So you don't, you know, all the, all the work of cutting through the undergrowth in the jungle, it's been done for us. And the sweet essence, the sweet treasure is being given to us. There's one, actually, there's one commentary of one Bhagavad Gita scholar um, in India that our, our Gurudev liked very much. He made this one line um, in reference to one of the verses in Bhagavad Gita that here we're being given nectar on a golden plate. <laughs> nectar on a golden plate. It's, it's all, it's just right in front of you. The fruit's ready. It's been peeled. It's been cleaned. It's been chopped in nice bite-sized pieces. You know? just there for you to swallow up, you know, and enjoy to your heart's satisfaction. So let's just read through this. Since Srimad Bhagavad Gita is very familiar to the learned society, an acquaintance of the conceptions of this edition may be given here. We are followers of the school of thought descending from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So this edition is based on the Sri Gita commentaries of the preeminent exalted Sri Gaudiya Vaishnava Acharyas, Sri Vishwanath, Sri Baladev, and Sri Labhaktivno Thakur. By the grace of our worshipful spiritual master, Om Vishnu Paj, Labhakti Stanta, Saraswati Goswami Prabhupada, and from indications in the commentaries given by the aforementioned great pure devotees, in places some new light has been shed revealing deeper meanings. The devoted reader will appreciate this particularly with regard to the four verses, chapter 10, verses 8 to 11, 
which were described by Sri Vishwanath Pad as the four essential verses, Chatur Shloki of the book. Generally, Sri Gita is known as an excellent study of the science of religion. The language of Sri Gita is simple and sweet. Its mood is grave, extensive, and radical. Its thought is succinct, lucid, and impartial, and its logic is sound and natural. The eloquence of the prologue, epilogue, exposition, review, analysis, synthesis, and delivery of Sri Gita is unprecedented and charming in the extreme. Now, listen to this line. This is one of my favorite quotes of all time. Sri Gita is activation for the lazy. This, we can put this on a poster. Sri Gita is activation for the lazy, courage for the fearful, hope for the hopeless, and new life for the dying. Sri Gita unifies and sustains all ranks, whether revolutionary, occultist, optimist, renunciationist, liberationist and or full-fledged theist. From the atheist of grossly crude vision to the most elevated saint, the essential conceptions of all classes of philosopher illustrated with clear and powerful logic. The devotees of the Lord, Bhagavad Bhaktas and persons on the paths of action, knowledge and yoga, karmis, jnanis and yogis, will each find the essence of their paths dealt with in a comprehensive and illuminating manner. And thus the book is highly esteemed by all. The essential and inner purport of the Vedas and Upanishads of the Aryans is directly explained. And the essence of, not, of various non-Aryan doctrines can also be found. And I'll just add here, I mean, I think most of you are aware of this, but Aryan, so Hitler, um, Hitler stole that, you know, this is <laughs> Aryan, originally Aryan refers to a, a noble person, um, someone who is, you know, a righteous follower of the Vedas. No doubt there's more, um, more, you know, better explanation that can be given, but essentially this is what Aryan means in its original Vedic context, an upright follower of the Vedic teachings. And, uh, and so Hitler, he stole that, you know, along with other things. Um, the swastika, he spoiled the swastika also. Um, so in case anyone was a bit thrown by that, um, yeah, that, that, was, that, was the Vedic, that was the Vedic property um, originally. Sri Gita teaches us enlightenment through the selfless execution of scripturally ordained actions. When the consciousness is thus purified, self-realization or spiritual realization is attained. Yeah, thank you, Chintamani. I was trying to remember, Chintamani just added in our class. I was trying to remember the right expression, misappropriation, that's it. I was trying to remember. He misappropriated. Um, he culturally misappropriated the Vedic wealth. And, and actually, you know, and I was discussing this point with Ganga Leela, who's with us here, our hostess, one of our hostesses here today, she, because she's from Germany, and there's a really deep relationship between Germany 
and India. And there's a whole history, you know, for centuries before Hitler, don't even like to say his name, H. There's a whole history be, relationship between India, of, of German appreciation for the wealth of India. You know, many philosophers and scholars throughout, you know, throughout the centuries, they have expressed deep appreciation. There are some really strong statements at some very prominent, respected German philosophers. Like nothing compares to the to the depth of the knowledge that is that is presented in the Vedas. So these kinds of statements. So there, there's a deep, and actually, even today, I read recently in an article, there are 14 universities in Germany that study Sanskrit, compared to, for example, England, there's like four. So, uh, so yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a history. And we have a comment here, German language is derived from, from Sanskrit. I mean, you know, our gurus also will say that Sanskrit is the mother of, of all languages. But yes, some are more closely connected. And Marie also has another comment on the linguistics here. Okay, we've got a lot of a lot of interesting comments popping up here. I, you know, I I'm I'm on my phone unfortunately because I long story, but I I I ended up getting a new computer gifted to me yesterday because my other one was broken, and so I haven't not set up with Zoom, so I can't read everybody's comments unfortunately. But there's a lot of nice comments here for those who are able to see them easily. Interesting comments. Yeah, there's a lot more that can be said about that, but um, maybe we won't go off track too much. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back here to our introduction. From the standpoint of some, I'm just going to go back a little because this is a really, you know, Shula Sridhamarj is, for those who aren't familiar with Shula Sridhamarj, she has this style of writing where very, they're like sutras. Shilashidamarj is writing, he writes, it's like he writes in sutra, a sutra means like a, like a deep, profound truth presented in a concise statement. And so Shilashidamarj, he talks like that, he writes like that. So like many of these sentences here, it's like two or three lines, but you could spend a few hours discussing them. So I'll just read this last one again. When the Sri Gita teaches us enlightenment through the selfless execution of scripturally ordained actions. When the consciousness is thus purified, self-realization or spiritual realization is attained. In its maturity, this pure realization blossoms into loving service and the joyful divine plane. From the standpoint of Sambandha Gyan, or knowledge of relationship. Sri Gita, Sambandha Gyan means understanding what is what. Who is who, what is what, who we are, what's the nature of the environment, etc. So from this standpoint, Gita gives us the conception that the absolute reality is a transcendental personality. From the standpoint of Prayojan or the objective, Spiritual love for the absolute reality is given as the highest attainment. And from the standpoint of Abhideya or the means, the path, we are taught that one must initially offer all his actions to the Supreme Lord, followed by the cultivation of self-realization favorable to realization of the Lord, and finally surrender to the Lord, 
to the exclusion of all other endeavors. Ultimately, the means will culminate in the objective when in one's perfected spiritual form, one wholeheartedly engages in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. I'm gonna pause here with this introduction because I don't wanna rush through this. I'd like to explore some of these thoughts a bit more. But what I would like to do before we go is fast forward and let's chant the first verse together. So I, I, think, I think everyone would like to have a bit of a taster of the text of, of Bhagavad Gita. So let's put, on, put those thoughts on pause and then let's fast forward. So let's go to chapter one, verse one. We'll just, this is just going to be like a preview for next week then maybe we can have some, we can touch base with one another here. Okay, so we, we can chant this together. You can take your microphone, you can unmute if you'd like. We can maybe try and chant together as you like. Oh my God, I'll just start with a short prayer. Oh my God, and me nandasya, yananjana, shalakaya, chakso, nilitanjana, tazmai shri gurave namaha. So this is chapter one, Sainya Darshan, observing the armies. Dhritarashtra Uvacha. Dharma Kshetche, Kuru Kshetche, Samaveta Yuyutsava, Mamaka Pandavaschaiva, Himakurvata Sanjaya. Dhritarashtra said, O Sanjaya, what happened when my sons and the sons of Pandu assembled for battle at the holy place of Kurukshetra? <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna end on a cliffhanger here. You know, what happens when they all assembled in Kurukshetra? And also there there is some background. We don't want to get lost in the context of Bhagavad Gita because. This is a purely spiritual text, and and the, and so like the historical context, no, it's it's not it's not actually relevant. However, you know it is it is nice, it is engaging to have some context. So we can we can explore that more next week as we start diving into the text. So I would like to. We have fifteen minutes left. And, um, and I would like to just connect with, with everyone here. I did have a request. Someone was asking if I can introduce myself. Um, so I'll just give a brief self-bio. Um, and then I'd like to let's say hello to everyone who's here. So my name's Vishaka. For those who don't know me, my name's Vishaka. And I was born into the Krishna consciousness movement or Gaudiya Vaishnavism. My father is a disciple of Bhakti Vedanta Swami Maharaj Prabhupada the founder of the ISKCON Society. And my mother's a disciple of Bhakti Raksha Sridhar Deva Goswami, um, who's the founder of our like sister mission, Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Mat. And I'm a disciple of Srila Bhakti Sundar Govinda Deva Goswami Maharaj, who was the successor of Srila Sridhar Maharaj, and also had a very close relationship, like a son to Swami Maharaj Prabhupada. So I feel very connected to both of these missions, although I am involved actively in this mission of Srila Sridhar Maharaj and Srila Govinda Maharaj, and I lived in India for 10 years at our temple, 
I'm there in Nabadweet, West Bengal. And nowadays I travel a lot, meeting with our communities. Now I'm here in uh, California. We're kind of on the, we're literally on the road. Um, in, in luckily we had a friend here where we who host, hosting us. So we have somewhere to sit down and put up the phone and <laughs> tune in, give us a Wi-Fi connection. And from here, we're going to um, San Luis Obispo and then Ojai and then Tijuana. So we have a lot of programs. So that's my story. Thank you so much for tuning in to our very first episode of Seeking the Essence, beginning discussion of Srimad Bhagavad Gita, this famous ancient text of Vedic India. I hope you got something out of this, and I hope you'll subscribe and tune in to our next episode. Have a great day. Love and peace to all of you. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.